you want to hear my thoughts on the matter? I think this, a nap is basically just asleep with your pants on. Okay, so anyway, listen, lads, welcome to the show. Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It is good to be talking to you. It is the number one podcast in Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Wexford. They fucking even know me in Wexford. And we're all part of the Shane train. You're the Shaniacs. We're growing. We're getting bigger. We're getting stronger. You know, not in any real tangible sense of reality, but mentally and in a f- the fantasy realm, <laughs> we are getting much bigger and stronger. You know, nobody will be able to stop us. And it's good to have you here talking to you. Um, it's good to be alive on this beautiful uh, week. Did you talk to your mother this weekend? Did you say, hi, mom? How are you getting on? How's how's your life? I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Here's a bunch of fucking roses. Here's a, some dark magic chocolate. Here's some milk tray. Did you go all out? Did you go for the milk tray? Did you go for the Lind- Lindors? You know, the Ferrero Rocher. Hey, this is something that just uh, occurred to me now. Did you ever eat American chocolate? Hershey's. I had a Hershey's bar about a week ago because you know you see on television when you're growing up Hershey's and you're like I want a Hershey's and your father's going fucking shut up and get back upstairs it's one o'clock in the morning you know and you're like I want a Hershey's I want a Hershey's get upstairs you got you had Rolos earlier on now get the fuck upstairs but so I got a Hershey bar because there's a shop near me that does a lot of American treats and I ate a Hershey's bar and it's like a legendary iconic Hershey's bar, you know, of American chocolate. And I'll tell you what, man, it was disgusting. It tasted like feet dipped in sugar. That's the way I would describe it now. Feet dipped in sugar and with a bit of chocolate too. Chocolate feet. So it's surprising uh, that Irish chocolate, even though Cadbury is an English thing, I always say it's Irish, and European chocolate like Lindor, Ferrero, Rocher, that's a hundred, that kicks the hole out of American chocolate, kicks it in the hole, or in the ass, or the fanny, as they call it. Why do they call the f- the arse the fanny? That's never been, I mean, we all know that's what they do, so then it leads to like a little faux pas. If you say, oh, my fanny in America, it's not because you've a sore vagina, it's because you've a sore arse. So, and they have Aunt Fanny's. A fanny is a name over there. My Aunt Fanny. A very strange country. Strange chocolate, strange people, strange customs. But what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, did you get your mother shit? For Halloween, uh, not Halloween. Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day on Sunday. And, you know, shout out to all the mothers. That's what I say. Big shout out to your mothers. Tell your mother I was asking for her. Will you? Will you give her? Give her a phone call there and just, if you're talking to her, say, hey, Shane was asking for you. He just wants to know how you're getting on. It is good to be alive. Do you know what? I got my mother. I got her the least thoughtful gift ever. Amazon voucher. That's what I got my mother. No thought. No preparation. Last minute job. Out the gap. Here you go. Think of something to buy yourself. Don't put all the pressure on me, mom, to buy things. You know, I, I don't have time. I'm up in Dublin. I'm living the fast life. I'm eating Hershey's chocolate. I don't have time to think about what I'm going to get my mother for Mother's Day. Who do you think I am? I'm like um, your man from uh, Wolf of Wall Street. 
up in Dublin. That's basically my life now, except without sex, orgies and drugs. It's American chocolate and um, hobnobs biscuits. It's basically the same thing. If they re- made a remake of my life, it would be exactly the same as The Wolf of Wall Street, except every drug scene would be me eating chocolate instead. And every naked woman would be a chocolate bar. There'd be um, Leonardo DiCaprio wouldn't be in it. <laughs> it would be me. <laughs> It'd be a complete disaster of a movie. But um, that's what I got my mother. Nothing. <laughs> I got my mother nothing. And I kind of feel bad because your mother treats you well. And even other mothers are good. Like your friend's mothers. You know, when you were young and you go around to the house, you're always nice to their mother and scared of their father, especially where I grew up. If the father was there, Jesus, you didn't call into that house. Unless you want to get... I know somebody who got a shotgun pulled on him. Fucking shotgun. Just for asking, you know, is Karen coming out to play? A shotgun. And that's not an exaggeration. The mom answered the door. The father came out with a shotgun. And it was like a, a 10-year-old boy. Is Karen coming out? But that's just the mean streets of Gallows Field, man. But other mothers were great, man. But I'm my next-door neighbor um, on the left-hand side, his mother, her name was Georgina, right? And uh, she would... We'd all have sleepovers in the house. And my f- next-door neighbor, you know, his nickname was The Shoe. And for some reason, there was a smell of urine off him all the time. That had nothing to do with his nickname of The Shoe, I don't think. But we used to stay in the house. And the mother used to get us to... Uh, this is kind of sick when now when you think back in it, all right? We used to stay over, you know, we get popcorn, watch a film, Robin Hood, Men and uh, Prince of Thieves, a uh, terrible film. And then we would, she would kind of come in and get us all to rub her feet. Can you imagine that nowadays? You're getting your son's friends to rub your feet. And she had a big vein, big blue vein on her foot, like we all do. And she used to say, push the vein, press the vein. <laughs> Press the vein, you know, like she got some sort of uh, enjoyment out of it. I don't want to say it was sexual. It never came across as sexual. We were all like eight, which she'd like just get us to rub her feet. You know, I think now maybe that's why where I got my sick anti-foot bias from, from uh, my friend's mother's Georgina's dirty, veiny feet. Telling us, push the vein, push the vein, press down on the vein. You're missing the vein, Shane. But mothers, look, they put us through uh, school and life. And you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your mother. Let's just face it. That's science. You can't deny that. That's science. Um, uh, mothers are fantastic. Come on. give a, <laughs> Let's have a clap for mothers. Come on, look. Uh, and we've all let our mothers down. There's nothing worse than that, is there? Letting your mother down. Breaking your mother's heart. We've all done it. Like, your mother gets cross at you sometimes. And, you know, that's all right. You know, that's even, that's tough. But when you break your mother's heart, like when you, when she's at her, the point where she can't even give out to you anymore. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been like that? And you can see in her eyes that she's lost all hope for you being a good boy. I let my mother down a lot, especially when I was a teenager, you know, with drinking and smoking and stuff, smoking fags and smoking other stuff like a ledge. Uh, and even no matter what I would do, I would always lie. I would never tell the truth. Like I remember one time my mother came into my bedroom and I was smoking a fag and I was about 15 and I threw my fag out the window when I heard her coming in the door. 
and the, the room was full of smoke. <laughs> My mother was fucking wafting the smoke away, coughing and stuff. You know, it was like um, the, the smog of London. And she came in and she sat down. She goes, Shane, I'm going to ask you a question. I was like, what? And I want you to be honest with me. I was like, what? Are you smoking? <laughs> and it would be the equivalent of O.J. Simpson getting caught at the scene with a big knife and still denying it. And I did. I was like, no. She was like, this place is full of smoke. Fag smoke. I can smell it. I saw you throw it out the window. Are you going to look me in the eye? Are you going to tell me that you're not smoking? I was like, I'm not smoking, I swear to God. And I don't think I ever admitted it. Until I was like 18 or something. Um, And I remember she just looked at me with disappointment. One, that I was smoking. I was disappointed. And two, that uh, I was a liar. And three, that I was such a stupid liar. <laughs> that I was such... Like she was looking at me going, he's an idiot. <laughs> I remember another time I broke my mother's heart. And this one is one that we've never spoken about since. And this one was when I was very young. I was about eight years old. Maybe a bit younger. And it was a school community games day. Do you know the community games? Remember them? I used to hate them. But everyone got a medal. I always got a medal, man. <laughs> Say what you want about the community games, but I always got a medal. You know what I mean? I have a fucking community games medal, boy. Up above the fireplace. The only medal I ever got in my life. But she was there. Mother, I think it was community games. Did you used to do them in school? Or was it just a sports day? And we were in the school yard. At the school field. Running around the place. Egg and spoon. That egg and spoon. What a load of bollocks. Whoever came up with that. Oh look. I can run with an egg. In a fucking spoon. Who thought of it? Some crazy bastard. Hey. You know what I'm really good at man. Running. Kind of not even too. Not that fast. But kind of running a bit. With an egg. In my. In a spoon. Oh yeah. That's really going to serve you well in your life. That skill. is really going to transfer into your adult life. Oh, hey, uh, Billy, uh, thanks for applying here. It says you dropped out of college here. Yeah, you're applying for the bank. You dropped out of college. You didn't pass maths in your leaving cert. You can't speak Irish. You're um, an idiot. And But listen, we were, we were going to discount you, but then we saw your hobbies running with an egg in a spoon. Well, by God, you're just a man for the job. Who's ever said that in their life? Who's ever gone, you know what we need? A fella who's really good at running and balancing an egg on a spoon. That's what we need right here. No one. Pointless skill. Why were they trying to teach us that? And then you had the other race. The wheelbarrow race. That was fucking stupid too. You know? One fella does all the work. The guy at the back does nothing. He does nothing. It's the fella in the front does all the work. <laughs> if you were the guy at the back, man, you had it easy. You didn't do anything. You just lifted a fella. What he was going 90 with his hands, like the fucking roadrunner. His hands were covered by the end of the race. His hands were worn down to bloody, worn down to the fucking wrists. He had no fingers. His fingers were broken. And he, because he was running with his hands through a field. With syringes and broken glass and stones and dog shit and everything. And yet, both of them get the same medal. Both of them get the plaudits. You know? Is this what we're teaching our children? Try and be the fella at the back. Is this the lesson here? <laughs> if that's what I'm going to tell my children. 
listen, you got your sports day coming up. Here's the biggest piece of advice I'm going to give you in your life. The wheelbarrow race, be the fella at the back. Be the fella at the back. He does nothing. All right, you have to lift a guy, but that's it. Lift a, you're lifting a child. Child Children are, t- are fucking tiny. They don't weigh anything. And if, you're any, if your man's any good, you'll get something. And if he's shit, if you if you don't win, you can blame him. You can blame the guy that doesn't that does all the work. You can say, "Well, I'm only the fella at the back." Like he's the guy's useless. He's slow. Um. Anyway, uh, what was my point? Oh, me and my mother were at the the sports day, and you know I told you before I'm fast because I'm a fast runner. I can run really fast. I swear to God, I can. And I'm still trying to organize. When I'm not, I've, I've given up on the idea. But when there is less social distancing I will organise a race and I will race three of you in Phoenix Park or something and I will win and I'll film it but before we get to that when I was about eight at the sports day in school I was in a race and maybe there was like ten of us the ten fastest children in the class and I remember thinking look at them look at all these cunts they don't know what's going to hit them I said Usain Bolt man he hasn't even fucking started running yet but I am that's what it's going to remind him of. I'm going to be faster than him. And I was convinced that I was going to win the race. Race started. It's about halfway through. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I got this one wrong. Especially when everyone was in front of me. And I was coming last. Dead last. So what did I do? I did the most shameful thing you could possibly do. Now, you have to remember that at the sides of the of the race track were mothers all sorts of mothers uh you know james mother kevin's mother colin's mother all the mothers none of the fathers fathers were too busy back in the 90s man they were at work so the mothers the poor mothers if they haven't enough shit to do clean the house make the dinner you know put the wipe the children's nappies um mow the grass or whatever paint the house fucking hammer the hedge and at all of that, they still have to go and watch their stupid little bastard children run uh, with a fucking spoon and an egg in it. Like all the misery that parents or mothers have to go through. And to top it all off, they still have to go and watch you run with a spoon and an egg. It's just uh, outrageous. The stuff that, about, that mothers have to put up with that we don't even know. And then there's the sack race. That's a bit creepy too, isn't it? And then one of the teachers always has, brings the sacks. Like, where do they keep the sacks throughout the rest of the year? That's what I want to know. What are they What are they doing with those child-sized sacks? That's a hard word thing to say ten times fast. Child-sized sacks. No, you better be careful actually saying that. Don't say that out in public ten times fast. You might end up saying something else. Get put in the back of a van and taken to a police station. Okay? <laughs> Don't say child-sized sacks too fast uh, outside someone might get the wrong idea they might think you're saying something else um but anyway in this uh, race my mother all the mothers were there everybody sunny day and all the kids were in front of uh, were running with me and we the guy shot the gun you know because in the 90s man you could shoot a gun <laughs> near children and it wasn't like a starter pistol it was uh, an actual shotgun <laughs> Oh, who's that? Oh, that's the English teacher, Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, O'Mahony. He brings his sack. He brings the sacks and the shotgun every year. Uh, anyway, the race started. And pretty quickly, I'd say about halfway in, 
I was like, wait a minute now. I was convinced I was going to win this race. But halfway through, I'm looking around and it's not looking likely from this vantage point. (laughs) I'm coming last, dead last, right at the back. And I was convinced I was going to win. So what did I do, man? I'll tell you what I did. There was a guy in front of me, James O'Grady. Nice kid. And he was right in front of me. He was dead. He was second last. So he was probably embarrassed too. But what I did uh, in front of everybody, in front of all the fucking teachers, the mothers, everybody, my own mother, I grabbed James O'Grady and I pulled him back. Pulled him back. He lo- I can remember him looking at me in horror. Well, what the? He didn't curse back then, but he was like, what the heck? And... I came second last. I came like ninth and he came tenth. And uh, the second that I finished the race, the shame overtook me. You know, like, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did that. And my mother was standing at the side and she was so embarrassed. Imagine that your son doing that. Your son's a fucking fool. Not only was he coming last, you know, that would have been embarrassing enough. <laughs> that would have been shameful enough that your son is coming last. But he he cheated. Blatantly. And me and my mother have never spoken about that. But she did. we walked home because we didn't have cars back then. It was pre-Celtic Tiger. They didn't have cars in Tralee. The cars didn't come in Tralee until the late 90s. We went around on the backs of uh, taxi drivers. But I remember she didn't walk, talk to me all the way home. Um, just out of shame and I didn't talk to her either and I was like eight so we do let our mothers down our moms and that's another thing that I have to talk about I come from you're, a lot of you are probably listening to this and you're going hey I'm from fucking Dublin I'm from fucking Dublin mate that's a terrible Dublin accent I'm from fucking Dublin yeah I'm from Dublin where Where'd you get off saying mom? Mom, what are you, a yank? Are you an American? Are you an American, Shane? Why are you fucking saying mom? Where do you think you're from? Brooklyn City, Manhattan, the Bronx or something. And I'd be the first person, let me put my hand up. I'd be the first person to call people out on yankisms and Americanisms. Uh, Kira said, that sucks a few weeks ago. About some TV show. She said that sucks. And I left the house. I didn't come back for three days. So I'd be the first person to put my hand up and say. Hey what the fuck are you doing? So I can kind of understand when people go. Mom. Mom. We say man. We say man. Here in Ireland. Go back to the States man. I even started at one point. Because people were saying this to me all the time. Mom. What are you saying mom for? And I even started con- uh, questioning myself. I started going, wait a minute. Yeah, am I saying it from American TV? How come we're not, I'm not saying ma or mem or memmy or mimi? Why in Tralee am I saying mom? And Cork, I think they'd say mom too. So I asked my mom. I said, mom, did you ever call your mom mam? <laughs> did you ever just call, did you ever call your mom mam? She said, yes or no she said this is very confusing I said did you ever call your mom ma'am she said no I always called her mom 
I asked my nan. I said, hey, nan, did you ever call your your mom ma'am? Or was it always mom? She said, no, it was always mom. And back then, they didn't have televisions to get influenced by American TV. American TV uh, and films and stuff didn't come into Tralee until the late 80s. Before that, you had to read films in a book. (laughs) Sorry, that's so stupid. It made me laugh. But what I'm saying, the point is that it wasn't associated. It wasn't from American television. Like if my nan was calling her mom, mom, that's not from American TV. So how come down here or down there, I'm not there now. We say ma'am, but everywhere else they say ma'am or ma or something stupid like that. Because in my house and in most houses in uh, Trilly and the surrounding areas, if you said, hey, ma, you'd get a look like, who the fuck do you think you are? Where are you from? Fair City? Where are you from? You think you're from Tala or something? Talakt? You think you're in the square Tala calling me ma'am? And we used to hate going getting Mother's Day cards because all the cards said ma'am, ma, mammy. None of them said mom, which was the right, what we call our fucking moms. And it wasn't until uh, I grew up that I realized that the rest of the country don't say mom and that they think we say it wrong, that we are American. We got it from TV and shit. So here's what I think. And I'm right. If you remember a little thing that in Irish history called the famine, I don't know if you've heard of it. It was this, it was this thing that happened there about I don't know nearly two hundred years ago now. But a lot of people left Ireland, didn't they? And where did they go? The America. No, where did they leave from? All right, where did they leave from? Think about it. Kerry, Blennerville, Tralee. They left from there. They went to America. Now, ma'am, mom. Well, how do you say um, your mother in Irish? Mommy, isn't it? I don't speak Irish. So that was taken across to America. Americans got it from us, from Kerry people and Cork people. And it spread around the world. Because in the famine, we couldn't have been influenced by America. There was no television back then. They didn't even have spuds. So they're the ones that exported it across the Atlantic. So our version of mom, the Americans got it from us. So if you're sitting there now in Leitrim or fucking Cavan or wherever going, he says, mom, what a dickhead. No, you're the dickhead, my friend. Makara. You're, you're the dickhead. Because we're the originators of mom. And that's all I have to say on the matter. Um. Anyway, listen, I didn't mean to go on about that for so long, but... Uh, just tell you if you didn't uh, you know happy Mother's Day to all the moms belated but if you're a mom and you're listening to this fucking fair play to you we need all we can get you know all the moms we can get listen to this program we need anyone we need <laughs> we'll take as many moms put, go up on, on mom's net and say hey listen to this man this guy loves moms uh, you know who loves moms? Those fucking porn fellas, don't they? Isn't that weird too? I think in... Like there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of videos about where the plot line is someone making love with their mom. 
<laughs> and it's very strange when you think about it because millions of fellas are watching this. And I think that maybe in, I don't know, 20, 30 years, they're going to do some sort of research on what that did to young fellas' brains and it's going to be scary. Um, You know, pornography and porn and porno, whatever you call it, n- not good, I don't think, for anyone. I mean, it's good for a few minutes and then it's terrible. And I think it's terrible for society in general. Do you think so? Like it is, I think, that there's so much of it. I think it's terrible for men and especially terrible for women. Because if you're a young fella, I don't know, 12, and you're, I mean, I praise fucking God that I grew up just before like quick and easy internet porn like that. Because if when I was uh, 14 trying to get pornography, you know, you type in mommy, mommy wasn't even, wouldn't have even crossed my mind back then. You type in, you know, boobs or something. That's as fucking outrageous as we got, boobs. And you look for that. It would take half a fucking day for one picture to download. So, but, uh, you know, you just get down to the boobs and you go, all right, I, that's enough. I can work with that. We don't need to see the rest of, of the lady. But now you have, you know, high definition VR, fucking everything going into every hole and moms and sisters and dads and brothers and you know, and that's only fucking tipping the tip of the iceberg. You know, you know, there's some bad stuff. And if you're a young fella, 12 years old, watching this all day long, because I know if I, I mean, I was all day long watching porn when I was, there was just a picture of one tit. That's all you get downloaded and it'll be pixelated. And that, I was in my room for hours. So imagine this stuff. It would fuck, I think it would mess your mind and it would change the way that you, just by, like, I mean, propaganda. They use propaganda. If you watch women getting choked and spat on and, you know, whatever. Um, stepmoms and stuff. Over and over again. Especially at that age where you probably are... You do find it, without realising it, a little bit more difficult to... your Like, fantasy and reality aren't as separate as they might be when you're older. Uh, I think that you would start looking at women differently to what you would if you didn't have that pornography. You know what I mean? And if you've got, um, if you're a girl, imagine being a young girl now, it must be a nightmare. Like a 15-year-old girl. That must be hell. Because if you've got boys who are watching that all day long and then they're with a girl and they're like, hey, the boy is going to be saying, wait a minute, why isn't she like the girl in the video? You know what I mean? And there's, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure and it's horrible to think of. I think porn is terrible. No, that's not to say that I haven't dabbled in it in my, pa- my past. You know, I've had my issues with it, man. And I've had my tissues with it too. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, where you've been like, oh, all right, when you're going, all right, enough is enough. I need to go for a walk. I need to leave the house because this is, you know, I, I need to... <laughs> I need to see some real people. And if I have a son, uh, I don't think I'll let him have a, like, they'll definitely won't have a laptop in their room until they're like 19 or something, or 27, you know? Because <laughs> I know what boys would be looking at. And I probably don't, I'll be probably be go, my, the cure will be going, go up there and you tell him to come downstairs, but he's on the computer all day. And then I'll go, all right, I'll go up and get him. And then she'll be going, where the fuck is Shane gone? He's gone up there, he went up there three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know 
Um, but it is a terrible thing. And uh, I do think it is. I mean, but you're probably going, well, I watch it and it doesn't do nothing to me. I, I'm sure 90% of fellas are fine, you know. 90% of guys who drink are fine too. But I, it's just, like, I'm, there's no way of stopping it because it's so, pornography is at the forefront of every, um, every visual art that's new. So it was at that's the birth of cinema. One of the first movements was pornography. Um, video the, was a boom for pornography. That's what helped make video big. DVD is the same. And internet then obviously is made for, it was like, I mean, what, 70% of it is pornography. Um, so there's no stopping it, but it's just, it's, I think it's terrible. Really. Anyway, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. St. fucking Patrick's Day. It's probably St. Patrick's Day now when you're listening to this. And do you know what I, I have here? I have a nice beer, a nice brewski, a Spaten, which is the nicest beer in the world, I think. Uh, it's certainly my favorite. And this isn't a Spancan or anything. <laughs> I'm not sponsored by Spaten Munich beer, but it is a really nice beer. So I'm going to have some with you while you're, maybe you're having a beer yourself. Isn't this nice? But anyway, listen, Schlauncher. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, St. Patrick's Day. And it's cancelled. Remember last year when it was cancelled, it was a big deal. We were all like, oh no, what are we going to do? It was like we were walking around with tears in our eyes, like Paul Gascoigne at the World Cup. We were fucking distraught. <laughs> we're like, we can't cancel party this day, man. What? No, this year, full 12 months later, we couldn't really give a shit, could we? We're like, Patrick's Day, yeah, fuck it, who cares? Who cares? Because I'll tell you this, and we all know it, We us Irish, us true Irish, us fucking native Irish. We all know that St. Patrick's Day is a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a horrible day. Because what happens is people who don't drink regularly, don't drink at all, take it upon themselves to say, hey, we'll go out at one o'clock in the day. We will drink (laughs) Sambuca and cider, which we've never tasted before, all day long. And we'll just see what happens. We'll have a good time. That's not a recipe for a good time. For anyone. For me. For you. For my mom. For no one. What usually results in by 10 o'clock on St. Patrick's night is chaos. Absolute chaos. And you have to feel sorry for St. Patrick. Because like St. Bridget's Day people pray. St. Valentine's Day they give fucking. You know he's up in heaven. St. Valentine and he's looking down. And people are giving cards. And telling each other they love each other. Asking each other to get married. God is looking, hey, St. Valentine, man, that's nice, isn't it? You've got a lovely, lovely day if you're there. Meanwhile, March 17 rocks around. And God is looking at St. Patrick. He's saying, what the hell happened, man? What happened? Look at it. Look at look at Dublin. Look at New York. Look at Chicago. It's hell. That is hell on earth. It's like Dante's fucking seventh level of hell in Dublin on St. Patrick's Day. I was up here uh, for my first ever Dublin St. Patrick's Day two years ago. 
And it was like, I was in, it was like the start of, it was like the first 19 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. That's what it was like walking through Dublin. Just people with their fucking vomiting, fighting. And I was like Tom Hanks, man. I was standing there terrified, seeing things in slow motion, seeing a fella walking around picking up his arm. It was chaos. It was shocking. I went traveling in Europe years ago and I met a guy from Australia and he was a nice fella. Which is rare to meet a nice <laughs> Australian fella. No, that's a joke. But this guy was a really nice Australian guy. And he uh, he made money, right? He was rich because he made money from an app. A fish app. You know, a fish would go around your fucking phone. Now, this is 2009. So you can make money from that. People would buy it. It wasn't like a common thing to have an app where a fish would float around your phone. So was selling, he made a load of money. That's the point. And he was such a nice fella. Then I came home, lived my life, went on the internet. For some reason, anti-Irish website I ended up on. I don't know how. <laughs> Maybe I was looking up racism against Irish or something. And it was this website that was like Irish people are cunts or something. And I went on to it. And there was my man on a video talking about St. Patrick's Day in Dublin. He was going on about how it was hell. And at first I was like, that bastard, man. How dare he? He was nice to my face. He was telling me that, you know, I was a good bloke. And he was uh, offering me to come home to Australia and have some shrimp on his back, baby. Right? And then I see him on a fucking website spouting absolute hatred for Dublin during St. Patrick's Day. And I hated him. But then I came up to Dublin myself and I understood. I understood. And that's how bad it is that even an Australian finds it rough. (laughs) Even an Australian is like, hey, this is too fucking much, man. That's how rough and terrible it is. And poor St. Patrick. I live near St. Patrick's Cathedral. So he's got his own cathedral. And Christchurch Cathedral is just on the road trying to outshine it. It's the only place in Europe, I think. I could be wrong. Probably am. Usually am. That has two cathedrals in the one street. Maybe Rome. I'm sure Rome does. But I think it is. Maybe outside of Rome. I went to... Uh, Christchurch Cathedral in third class and they were like oh here you go third class kids you know wow your first trip up to Dublin we brought you to Christchurch Cathedral and did you know you know nine-year-olds however old you are did you know that this is the cathedral where Handel first played his great uh, magnum opus the messiah you know, as if that's supposed to fucking impress us. <laughs> we just saw fellas getting eaten by dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. We don't give a fuck about Handel and the Messiah. You know, I'm just coming out of fucking Jurassic Park, man. You're trying to impress us with Handel and the Messiah. We don't even know who Handel is. We don't know who the Messiah is. We don't know what a church is. We just know the dinosaurs. And, and that trip... They took us down to Henry Street, which is a street just off of um, O'Connell Street, which is the biggest street in Dublin. It's like the most, the busiest non, is it the busiest street in Ireland, I think, Henry Street, or it was. 
And the teachers were like, this is all right, a bunch of eight-year-olds, 38-year-olds. The teachers were like, all right, it's one o'clock. This is Henry Street. You have an hour. <laughs> Mean us back here in an hour. And thinking about it, now that's insane, isn't it? They were like, yeah, just walk around the place. Foreign, you know, not foreign, but practically foreign city. We've never been in the city before. Just walk around there, lads. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Have, you know, wander around the place there. You know, because this was before we knew that there were people who liked to take children, apparently. You know, um, that would not happen now. Teachers are fucking taking Xanax just in case one a child gets lost for five seconds. But back then, they were, they wanted us to go. Probably the parents were like, hey, can you just take them to Henry Street, <laughs> the busiest street in Ireland, and just let them go and hopefully they, they get lost. But the time I was up here for that Patrick's Day, two years ago, me and my friend were staying in an AIB, AIB an Airbnb. And we got back pissed because we were, you have to be pissed. You can't be around sober in Patrick's Day in Dublin. Because honestly, even me telling you how, but there's people shitting in the streets, man. What Right there in front of you, people shitting in the streets of Dublin. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It was like I'd never seen, like I've been to Bangkok. I've been to Amsterdam seven times. And I... Had never seen anything like it before. It was, it was like what it was described in the Bible before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. God had enough of them. God was looked at Sodom and Gomorrah. He was like, Jesus Christ, look at that! There's people shitting in the streets. I'm going to destroy it. And that's what it was like. But we got pissed. Obviously, we went back to the Airbnb. Now the Airbnb, we were it was it was gated. Okay. It was an apartment. And there was this very complicated system for getting into the fucking gate. We were absolutely... Excuse me, I'm burping from the beer. We were absolutely pissed out of our heads. Absolutely drunk out of our minds. Pressing fucking buttons. You know, going, hey, no, let me have a go, man. Let me, you're doing it wrong. Pushing each other out of the way. Didn't know what we're doing. So then I said, you know what I will do? I'll climb over the gate. Big, tall gate. Big, tall gate. So I was like, all right, give me a boost. Give me a boost. You know, that's not something that you that happens so much when you're getting older. You get a boost. When you're young, you get a boost. A lot. Hey, give me a boost over the wall. But, uh, anyway, my friend gave me a boost and I climbed over. <laughs> and I got over the gate, put my leg over the top. And uh, I was kind of straddled on the top. I was like, how am I going to get down the other side without breaking my ankles? Meanwhile... The security man saw us on camera and he drove um, a little tiny little van. Tinier than you're even imagining right now. A very small van with flashing lights in it. Beeping. You know, this is at three o'clock in the morning and he was a man in his 50s driving a tiny little van. Fucking lights on. He drove down. He was like, get off there, get off. You'll break, you'll hurt. I, I, you. So I jumped down. He was like, listen, look. The only thing I'm worried about is that you'll hurt yourself. And I was standing there with my head down. Going, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, oh, sorry. Won't do it again, sorry. You know? And meanwhile, I'm fucking 33 years old. 
and I'm fucking caught climbing a gate by a security guard and I'm 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 ter- I'm ashamed. Um that was a fun time. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad St. Patrick's Day is I think we should get rid of St. Patrick's Day altogether. Leave that to the Americans. That's an American thing. They took the word mom from us, made it their own, and let them have St. Patrick's Day, man. Let them drink their green fucking beer and their green rivers and their drinks called the Irish Car Bomb. I mean, come on, you bastards. The Irish Car Bomb. You. I've seen on forums, like they have a shot in America called the Irish Car Bomb. I think it's like Sambuca mixed with some fucking drink. Somebody be able to tell me a listener. But they. <laughs> I've seen on forums people going, don't ever ask for an Irish Car Bomb in Ireland. They'll get very, they'll get mighty upset. All right. And I'm sure some people would get upset at that. But would, would most of us get upset if some, <laughs> an American guy came in and said, Can I have an Irish car bomb? Like, we'd drink an Irish car. I'd drink an Irish car bomb. We'd drink anything. Hey, man, did you see the new drink out, the new shot? It's it's called shit. It tastes, it's, uh, tastes exactly like human shit. Do you want to try? Well, I mean, yeah, go on. I'll give it a go anyway. How bad can it be? Tastes exactly like <laughs> we'd try it. Like there was a drink that came on the uh, market. It was Bulmer's pear cider. Do you uh, you probably don't remember? It was only on for about three months, but it was taken off because there was a rumor going around, and I don't know if it's true that it caused diarrhea. Okay, and I remember the price dropped in it. Because nobody was buying it because there was a rumor going around that it was diarrhea and there were still people drinking it. And I remember going to my friend, well, you were told me last week that that gives you diarrhea. And he was like, yeah, but it's fucking, it's only 350 you know, man, for a bottle. <laughs> so we'll drink anything. We'll drink uh, diarrhea-inducing side pear fucking cider. We'll drink it all, man. And that's the problem with St. Patrick's Day, I think. We will drink it all. And nothing can stop us. Mm, shit. <laughs> shit. Mm, the drink that tastes exactly like shit. Mm, not not bad. <laughs> you know what? It tastes like... Uh, this tastes like shit. Yeah, that's that's shit. That is actual shit. There's, actually, there's no alcohol in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. All right, so here's the new... Uh, doing a new section at the end of every show. Uh, I say every show, but it'll probably forget about it next week. But it's shame. What what I've been, I haven't even come up with a name for it. We'll call it uh, Shane's cultural. Ah, uh, that's bad already. Two terrible words. Shane's culture file. <laughs> so the idea is, I'll just talk for a few minutes about stuff I've been watching and reading during the week. If you don't want to listen to that stuff, you can turn it off. No harm, no harm done. If you want to. Uh, hear it you keep listening okay so so i've watched like uh four movies this week uh so far and i'll only talk about a couple of them um i watched one called a really good one and it's on youtube you should check it out if you're into 1958 movies it's called murder by contract and it was directed by a fella by the name of irving Lerner, and it's a very cheap b movie it's about a hitman for i don't even know who he's hitman and people for but uh, it's about a hitman in the late 50s 
and uh, he just wants to get money to build a house. All right. And he will kill. He's, he's basically a psychopath. But it's uh, played by a guy called Vince Edwards. And the plot of the movie is he comes up against. He's from New York, flies to Los Angeles to do a hit. But it comes up against the trickiest hit of his career so far. And it's a really weird, funny film with a really good soundtrack. It's only an hour and 20 minutes and um, very cheap. I, I'd never heard of it until I was listening to some fucking Tarantino podcast. And Tarantino, I you know, I don't want to get into Tarantino now, but I could take Tarantino or leave him. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big Tarantino f- uh, fan, really. I like Pulp Fiction and I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Jackie Brown is probably his best for me. Uh but he was on about this movie, so I gave it a go. And it's really good. Murder by Contract. Very funny. Weird movie. Um, but not like weird, like abstract or anything. But like just kind of a weird tone. And I, I recommend that. Uh, I also watched half of two movies. And that's terrible. I always try and watch a movie from start to finish because I'm a pretentious bastard. But I watched half of two movies. The first one that I fell asleep Last night, while watching a movie that you've all recommended to me and told me to watch, and uh, which I should have seen before, and I was enjoying it, but I was so tired. Uh, it was Barry Lyndon by Stanley Kubrick, and I was watching it last night. I, I did a stupid thing. It's actually three hours long, literally, and I was like, mm, I'm a bit tired. Three hour long movie. Maybe I'll leave it till fucking the weekend. It was 11 o'clock. And I was like, you know what, fuck it, I put it on. And by 45 minutes into it, I was asleep. But I was enjoying it, I'm going to watch it again, but I have to see, the problem is, I have to watch it from the start. You know, to get into the mood. I'm, you know, I'm a cunt, man. I'm stu- stupid. Most people go, you know, I'll just watch it from where I left off. But um, I was really enjoying it. It was a Stanley Kubrick film, so it was kind of, you know, very slowly paced, um, but not boring, but slow, but not boring. And, you know, the way people were talking was weird, and but beautiful looking. There was one fucking shot that looked so close to a painting, like an actual painting, that I was looking at the background going, is that fucking background real or is it a painting? They were standing in a field, like most of the movies, people standing in fields so far. And I was looking at the background and I was going, that is, that is amazing. But I think it's completely real. Um, So that was Barry Lyndon. The other movie I had to turn off because I was just like, you know what? I'll watch the rest of it later. And that was, some of you might give out to me for this. That was The Last Temptation of Christ by Martin Scorsese. And you know I'm into movies because I say Martin Scorsese. Like a... Like an absolute arsehole. Now, I love Scorsese. Scorsese. I love him. Some of my, my taxi driver, you know, you've heard me rhapsodize about it before. Um, Raging Bull, Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino. I could go through a whole fucking load of them. And most of them I love. Even the ones that aren't so great, like um, uh, Shutter Island, for instance. I even love that. I love Cape Fear. I love um, the fucking Aviator, which is... I should hate. I kind of hate and love it, but I watch it. One of the worst ones that I've watched is The Departed. I hate The Departed. Terrible. Uh, But Last Temptation of Christ, 
I don't know, man. There was something about the way the apostles all had fucking thick New York accents. <laughs> Harvey Keitel plays Judas and he doesn't put on a voice like this going, you know, Jesus, like an English accent or something. You know, that's what they should do when they do old style like 2000 years ago. They usually kind of go like a slight English twist to their accent. So they'll go like, Jesus came today. Yes, I spoke to him. He was very handsome. All right. But fucking Harvey Keitel is going, yo, Jesus, what are you fucking doing, man? Hey, Jesus. <laughs> yo, Jesus, what are you doing? You fucking up at a cross now? Hey, one second you're over here, next second you're up on the fucking cross. Hey, yo, I'm fucking Judas. So <laughs> it was kind of where, and they all had like, they're all, the apostles were guys from, that you recognize in Martin Scorsese movies. As being like mafia guys. And not like it offended me like oh the apostles are mafia dudes. But just because it was just distracting. But I watched the rest of it. Uh, I wasn't loving it I must say. I was not loving it. And it's. Well actually when I said there a while ago that The Departed was the worst Martin Scorsese movie I've seen. That would be number two from the bottom. The worst one I've seen is The Color of Money. That's terrible. But, um, yeah, Last Temptation is probably going to go down there too. <laughs> and I know the story of it. You know the story of it, don't you? It was very controversial when it came out. Like, people were death threats and everything. You know, religious people. and It was banned in Ireland, probably. Um, it's about Jesus is a man in it. And God. Like, he isn't supposed to be. And that's the thing. He's sexually attracted to Mary Magdalene. And, but he's, that's the temptation. He, he's the temptation between his body and being, you know, God. He's got this dual duality. So he's finding it hard to not ride Mary Magdalene, you know? Um, and not be just a human. And in the, the fucking film I even though I haven't got to it yet but I've read about it Jesus comes down off the cross and says you know fuck that I'm not going to go through with it and he goes and marries Mary Magdalene and they have kids and they grow old together and that was so controversial but there's a big twist I and mean, it's not much of a twist at the end will I ruin it for you Turn it, listen now if you don't want me to ruin the last temptation of Christ <laughs> the twist at the end is that he was just Imagine it. And at the end he goes, you know, fuck it, no, I'll go through with God's plan. So in a way it's not blasphemous at all. Completely the opposite. It's like he was so tempted to live this normal, happy life and he goes, fuck it. I'll, um, no, I will be, you know, the Messiah. But fucking Harvey Keitel is going, ew, yo, what the fuck, I'm walking here. <laughs> He's slapping a camel on the head. He's going, hey, I'm walking here. It's very distracting. And I started reading a book. And it's a book called The Kiss Before Dying. Now, I used to be trying to read fucking like, um, what's it called? Anna Karenina, Dostoevsky books, fucking Moby Dick, which is very depressing because... You know, it's a good book, but there's one guy in it and he's just obsessed with, a, with this fucking whale. It's like, all right, man, get back to let's get back to the story, you know? But um, <laughs> um, 
so I said, you know, fuck that. I'm just going to read like easy, not easy read, but like normal books. Like why am I reading books that I know? Who am I trying to prove that I am? What am I trying to, you know, I'm not 22 anymore. I'm not trying to bang chicks by reading fucking, you know, uh, Sartre. So now I'm reading like crime books from the 50s, which this book is. It's about a guy who is a psychopath. A lot of books in the 50s, right? Well, not a lot, but three that I've read are from the point of view of complete murderers. There is two that I read by Jim Thompson, which I really recommend. One was called Pop 1280, Population 1280, I think. Could be the wrong number. And the other one was a book by him called... It was made into a film with Casey Affleck. I'll have to look that up. Um, Jim Thompson. Oh, Georgie, stop biting me, man. Jim Thompson. I'm trying to fucking look up books for the podcast. This is all going to be cut out, I imagine. Jim Thompson book. Oh, motherfuck. Book. Books. The Killer Inside Me. That's it. The Killer Inside Me is his other book. And that's from the point of view of a psychopath as well. And it's from his point of view. So it's written by, like, it's written by a psychopath. So he's going, you know, um, I think I'll... And he's, the, the thing in the book is that they're unreliable narrators. So they're lying to you. They're going, you know, uh, like, you know that the girl in the book is nice, but he's saying, oh, she's a bitch, even though you know she's not. So you're seeing it from his point of view. And then he goes and kills her. You know, so it's interesting. But there's three books, and this one is the same. It's from the point of view of a psychopath. And he's killing women, as they usually do. But it's good. And I recommend... Well, I'm only halfway through it, but I'll let you know. And that's called A Kiss Before Dying. And I'm only still listening to fucking um, Alice Coltrane that I talked about last week. That's all I'm listening to over and over again. Um, It's called Turia Sings. So listen, that's the end of the show. I think that whole fucking part will be cut out, probably. If you enjoy the podcast, (laughs) please consider joining the Patreon. I do weekend podcasts. I put up, I'm going to put up more video up there. Uh, I did a video podcast last week and there's going to be more of them. I do little blogs. I do a radio show every once in a while. Uh, There's stuff going up there every couple of days, every week. And you also help um, support the program if you like it. Uh, that's Patreon. It's like a fiver a month. Um, other than that, you can follow me on wherever you know. Just Google. Use fucking Google. Do I have to name them out? Do I have to? You know. You know. <laughs> this is so unprofessional. Other podcasts, they're all like, sign up to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Shane's Burning Page. And it's so perfectly written. Um, but... Here I'm just saying, yeah, do what you want. So follow me if you want on fucking Instagram, Twitter. Send me emails if you want to complain. Give out. Give me notes. Tell me that my um, I'm terrible. Tell me I'm great. Tell me you love me. Tell me you want to have my children. Tell me I'm your real dad. Then you can email me, shanesbrilliantemail at gmail.com. So uh, until next week, my friends, uh, I will see you. It, and uh, take care this is Shane's brilliant podcast signing off and I'll sign off with a cheers nice one thanks and a hob knob <laughs>